0: 68.4 percent have no idea who I am. <laughs> so maybe it might be wise for me to introduce myself to you. So I'm Art Ortman. There's probably a couple of reasons why you don't know who I am. One is that my wife and I sit I think it's in this section in the second service. Row J, third seat in. I have no idea what it's going to be like for this next, you know, next service. So that's one of the main reasons. Um, I am the youngest elder. Uh, Maybe I should clarify that. I'm the youngest elder that carries a Medicare card. (laughs) There there are two of us. I'm the youngest. I want you to know that. I'm actually the newest elder. I've been an elder for a year and a half. This last week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we were in McCall. Uh, as part of the Elder Pastors Retreat. And I've been a part of that now for a couple of them. And I am always amazed at what the Lord has put together for us in terms of the leadership of our church, both the elders as well as the pastors. There was a lot of uh, prayers. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of laughter, a lot of study, uh, a lot of time together, and it was a wonderful experience. Everyone has a childhood experience of some sort. Um, I have a childhood experience. I grew up in New Hampshire, and there my name was Art Ortman, rather than actual name. But, it, but one of the experiences that I especially enjoyed was going to, uh, to Boston and going to the park and, and having a root beer. And, and, but also... Where I found the Lord was at uh, Roaring Brook Camp in, in Massachusetts. Uh, it was a wonderful time of just getting there, uh, the winding roads. it was before freeways, you know, and then coming uh, then spending some time there. It's where I found the Lord. It was also my first girlfriend was there, two, day, two days, but uh, you know, it was the first one, because she went home to New York and I w- went back to New Hampshire. So, uh, it was a good experience, though, nevertheless. We're studying today in Luke, the second chapter. And we're looking at a highlight of Jesus' uh, young years. In fact, it's the only one that we have. Uh, because Luke is the one that presents it to us. So, turn in your Bibles with me to Luke, the second chapter. We're going to begin reading sections here, in, uh, starting in verse 41. Before I do that, though... Let me, let me introduce Dr. Luke to you, our writer, because he has, um, he has a uniqueness in how he writes the Bible. He writes in sections. So the first section was the infancy, of course, and the second section here is, in, is Jesus in his teen years. But one thing you just need to understand about every section that he writes, that in the writing he's encouraging us to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Every section has some aspect of understanding that. So to really understand what's going on here, we need a little bit of background. Uh, verse 41 and 42, bring that to the table. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passovers. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. So the the plan of action of every... Um, every male at least there, was that once a year, at least once a year, you had to go to one of the festivals in in Jerusalem. So Jesus is now 12 years old. So he's moving from a childhood to a parenthood, or adulthood, I should say. He's not a parent yet. Childhood to an adult field. Now, understand Nazareth and Jerusalem in terms of the... uh, where they're situated on a map, is about an 80-mile difference between the two. Jerusalem is up the hill. And so it took people about three to four days to get there. But it was the last day that was the hardest because of the fact that it was totally uphill. So that's the background that's going on here. Luke wants us to understand exactly what's happening here because of the message that he's about to bring to the table. Verse 43 through 45. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. They traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. The big question that's always there is, how could they lose him? How could they lose Jesus? Well, there's some commentaries suggesting the idea that the ladies went first, the men followed, so that the camp was ready for the men. The exhausting trip, you know. Some commentaries say that that's a bunch of baloney. That they all went together. So the elders met. You know, we meet every couple, uh, every other week, uh, Monday, and so the discussion. We always have a, a few minutes where we talk about the scripture that's going to be. Uh, studied at the next, uh, on the next Sunday. Now, I won't say his name, but his initials are J.C., and he's the elder of the J.C.s, if you want to look that up. He suggested the idea that Jesus had to have a timeout time, and his parents forgot about him. Uh, you remember that movie Home Alone? I don't know what to think about that. But let me give you a theological understanding of why was Jesus left behind? So get your paper out, take your notes, get your pencils. Uh, Some of you haven't done that yet. Here's the theological basis to this. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Dr. Luke will tell us when something's important. And if it's not in there, then he doesn't think it matters. So we don't really know. But it doesn't really matter. Verse 46a. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. Now think this thing through with me. So the whole group is going down the hill from Jerusalem to head back to Nazareth. And at the end of the day, Mary and Joseph are looking around for Jesus. And they can't find him. And so they make the decision, he's not here, we have to go back to Jerusalem. Can you imagine what that first night must have been like? I don't think there was probably much sleep that went on. So that was night number one. And then day number one was their journey back, exhausting to get back to Jerusalem, remember it was uphill. So finally they arrived there exhausted Night number two happens, and I can't imagine that it was very much sleep either that night, rather restless. Day number two happens, and they look everywhere they can to find him. They can't find him. Now, some commentaries are suggesting the idea that they didn't actually stay through the full festival because you only had to stay for three days, and the festival went on for about six or seven days. So they might have left. So Jerusalem may still be just piled full of people. And they didn't find him. So that night they're back together again. Mary is looking at Joseph saying, I don't know where he's at, and Joseph's looking at Mary saying the same. Finally, one of them comes up with the idea, well, did we look in the temple? Um, No. Well, okay, let's do that. So the third restless night occurs. The next morning they go to the temple, and he's there. And the question is, what did Mary and Joseph see when they finally found Jesus? I'm glad you're asking that. Because it's amazing. Look at verse 46b through 47. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and answers. Jesus was having a highlight experience of his childhood. He was loving every aspect of this is what it's saying. In verse 46 where it says he's listening and asking questions, that's the word that suggests the idea that he is sitting at the feet of the rabbis and he's learning from them and he's asking interaction that's going back and forth. Is he missing his parents? I don't think so. Because it, Luke doesn't say anything about that, but he is just having an enjoyable, marvelous experience. So that's what his parents saw when they came and saw him there. So contrast that with the feelings of Mary. Verse 48 When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Amazed, And this time they're astonished. Now, catch the idea of astonished. It's basically the idea of Jesus. How could you be here for four days? We're just astonished that that happened. Mary goes on. Mary said to him, son. Now, the son can mean young man or it can mean child. You decide that one because Luke doesn't tell us. But here's what Mary says, which is so valuable. Why would you treat us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. The word anxiously, catch on to that. It means deep mental pain in the Greek. So the people are amazed, but the parents are astonished and anxious. They're actually, you can see they're actually distressed and upset at Jesus can't blame them uh, I love how the Amplified Bible says this verse it says it this way young man why have you treated us this way look your father and I were distressed in pain about you and have been looking for you um, an unpublished theologian in our elder group um, his initials are AO won't tell you his name But he developed his thought on this last week. And here's how he interpreted this verse. Young man, do you have any idea the depth of the anguish and pain that you put us through? And Mary is so upset, she's in tears. She looks back at Jesus and she says, You are so grounded. (laughs) Maybe for life. All right, parents, raise your hand if you've ever said that to a person. Some of you have confessed it. Thank you for, for doing that. I think I've said that. It's not hard for that to happen from time to time. But Mary is, is expressing an honest emotion. She's scared. She's fearful. What's the deal, Mary? Didn't, don't you remember what happened just 12 years ago? Remember? Remember? No, that's not what she's remembering right now. She's feeling pain. She's feeling anguish. Her son was lost. He was not in the group. Unfortunately, now he's found. Uh, A point here to those of you who are teenagers, the rest of you who maybe are not young anymore, you might just want to listen on. Uh, Just remember something about your parents. They're human. They were actually kids once. I mean, you you can see it in the pictures, but they actually were. And they have a desire, which is to grow you up and love you. And they care deeply for you. They care about what happens to you. Our church has baby dedications. Why do we have baby dedications? We have baby dedications because... We're giving back to the Lord the gift of a child that, that the Lord has given to us. And, and it's not an easy thing. And we're asking the congregation as well as the Lord for the, for the help in raising this baby up to love the Lord and, and to worship the Lord and to praise the Lord. Uh, any of you parents can say amen to that if you'd like. That's, that's why we're doing this. And, and Mary and Joseph had that same thing in mind. They, they knew that Jesus was a gift from, a God, from God, a very, very unique gift. And because of all that, they were hoping very deeply. They, they, knew, they knew that Jesus was secure, but, but the emotions were definitely there. Now look at Jesus on the other side, verse 49. Jesus' response. Why were you searching for me? He said, Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Luke wants us to understand here the depth of emotion, the same depth of emotion that Mary had was expressing. Jesus is expressing back to Mary. Uh, I like how the Revised Standard Version says it here. It says, I must be in my father's house. Many versions have, I I had to be. But it says, I must be. Luke is wanting to make sure that it's understood that Jesus knows clearly who he is and whose he is. And every aspect of who he is is to be with his father. Uh, A better way maybe even to translate this verse is to say, Jesus to say, I must be in the things of my father. I must be in the things of my father. What Jesus is saying, I want to know my father. I want to snuggle up to my father. I want to learn everything I can about my father. I want to do my father's will. I want to follow my father completely. Um, Let me talk to just youth for a second it was a, about a month and a half ago I, I taught the senior highs and you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of new in this uh, privilege of being an elder in our church and so I, I asked them would you raise your hand if you've accepted Jesus in your heart there were about 30 youth and as far as I can see everyone did raise their hand and it was like rejoicing thank you Lord for that <clears throat> what this verse is saying now if you've accepted Christ in your life now, do as your father would like you to do. I must be in the things of my father. I want to know my Lord. I want to re- have a deeper relationship with him. You, you, the, our scripture, the Bible, Old Testament to the New Testament, there's one overriding theme. And that overriding theme is, is our Lord basically saying to us, I want a people that I can call my people. You find that in the very beginning, it goes all the way to the end. Exodus 6, chapter 7, verse. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Le- Leviticus twenty-six, twelve: I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. This isn't just a, you'll be my people. That's pretty cool. This is, you will be mine. You'll be my people. Deuteronomy 26, chapter eighteenth verse. Moses says, And the Lord has declared this day that you are His people, His treasured possessions. You get it? Get the idea? Throughout the Bible... The Lord is looking for a group of people who can, who can be His. It started with the nation of Israel. It continues with Christians. He wants a group of people that will live close to Him, yield to Him, be part of His life. Um, a long time ago, I was served in a youth ministry. Uh, it's called Youth for Christ back in Indianapolis, Indiana. And and one of the persons that I started to relate with um, had cerebral palsy. So he he walked uniquely, he talked uniquely. And I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. And I'll never forget what he said to me after the prayer. He said, Art, you've helped me find God. And he kept saying that, you, I, you helped me find God. I found God. You helped me found, find God. And from that point on, you see, he was a part of my people. And now his privilege and my privilege, as we were rejoicing, was to grow that relationship and understanding what my people means. That's the whole concept of what's being stated here. Go on to verse 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. This is probably one of the most amazing verses that you can find in the Bible. And it comes as a result of verse 49. You can't have verse 51 without verse 49. Because of Jesus walking in the relationship with his father. This man now goes home with his earthly parents. Now remember this. This is Jesus. This is our savior. This is the Messiah. This is God's son. This, this man is in his prime They're in the temple. He's loving it. He's in a relationship. Yet at the same time, he makes the decision to go home with his parents, his earthly parents. And the scripture says he is in submission to them. The, The word obedience means habitual and continuous submission. For the next 18 years of this man's life, The largest segment of his life, over half of his life. Our Messiah, our Savior, goes home and is in submission to his earthly parents. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. Luke doesn't tell us. He probably goes back to Jerusalem every year now he's an adult and goes back to what was there, but he goes home with his parents. At some point his father dies. And he's kind of the man of the house. He's the big brother. But every part of him is in submission. To God. Maybe there's a huge point here. For all of us. Live your life in submission. In obedience. That's. Art, that's not an easy thing sometimes. I want to give you an example for myself of where I had to walk through some of learning and growing and submission. So it was a bunch of years ago. um, I had the privilege of uh, teaching uh, high school, junior high here. Remember we had a SALT, single adults I think, and they asked me to come and join them from time to time and some retreats, some different churches and speaking. Someplace along the way, I just had the sense from the Lord that while I wasn't really saying, hey, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. um, I just had the sense that I shouldn't be asking to teach. That I should wait and let the Lord prompt whoever is the leader of that to ask me to be the teacher for whatever that program is or our church or the youth group. And so I made that commitment. My teaching opportunities stopped the next day. 3 months went by nothing. 6 months went by nothing. 9 months I'm going to make a short story long here. 9 months went by nothing. 12 months, 15, 18 months, nothing. So I'm saying, okay, Lord, um, you know, all right. I guess I, get, I probably, maybe I've lost a little ability in that area. And I ain't that young anymore. But So, okay, I'll, I'll, whatever. It was about that same time. All of a sudden, I got an email from um, another pastor in our church. His initials are JC, the Younger. And he emails me and asks me the question, would you be willing to teach the New Testament study at our Cole Biblical Studies? I am so glad it was an email because I was bawling my eyes out. And, and I didn't want to look like, yes, 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 thank you, thank you, yes, yes, yes. So I, I in my sarcastic way, responded back to uh, J.C. saying, eh, is the Pope Catholic? And his response was, you yeah, know, last time I looked. And it's a, it's a, it's, it was a teaching time for me to make sure that I'm not inviting myself to do something like that. I'm waiting for the Lord to provide that. And I'm so thankful that um, Corey asked me to teach this morning. Learn submission. Now, because of the submission that Jesus learned... Remember verse 48, 49, he's learning that he wants to be in submission to the Lord. Therefore, we have verse 52. And verse 52 makes it clear. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, mentally, physically, socially, and spiritually. If there's a desire of the... Parents, it's to grow our kids in that area. One last thing to look at, because I skipped over a couple of verses. Look at Mary. Mary initially was very upset, and in verse 50, it says, "But they didn't understand uh, what he was saying to them. Uh, Mary and Joseph were probably at the point that it was really hard to understand what Jesus was saying about want to be in relationship. To their father, want to be with their father, with the, with the Lord. But look at fit, verse 51b. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This is what Luke, I think, is asking each one of us to do treasure your relationship with the Lord. Understand the depth of relationship that the Lord wants us to be in with Him. Treasure that. We are His treasure. My best way of illustrating this idea is live your life in a mad chase with Ashland. What in the heck is he talking about? Ashland is the lion... In the book by C.S. Lewis, remember that one, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? The illustration of what happens to the lion, Ashlyn, Jesus, helps us understand maybe the illustration of what it means to be in a relationship with our Lord. So catch this, uh, the lion being Ashland, being our Jesus, has now been killed by the, the witch and now has arisen from the dead. So here we go. Oh, children, said Ashlyn, I feel my strength coming back to me. Oh, children, catch me if you can. He stood for a second, his eyes very bright, his limbs quivering, lashing himself with his tail. Then he made a leap high over their heads and landed on the other side of the table, laughing, Though she didn't know why, Lucy scrambled over it to reach him. Ashen leaped again. A mad chase began. Round and round the hilltop he led them. Now hopelessly out of their reach, out of his reach. Now letting them almost catch his tail. Now diving between them. Now tossing them in the air with his huge and beautiful velvety paws and catching them again and now stopping unexpectedly so that all three of them rolled over together in a happy, laughing heap, fur and arms and legs. That's the the story. That's the relationship that our Lord wants to have with us. Mad chase every day. So when you wake up in the morning... Continue that mad chase. Every day he wants to draw us in in this amazing relationship. If you're here today and you've accepted the Lord, you're in the chase. If you're here today and you've not accepted the Lord, you're missing out on an amazing mad chase. And I invite you to find someone, myself, myself, one of the pastors, someone, and talk about what that means and what that is. Pray with me. Lord, amazing verses. The highlight of this 12-year-old boy. Thank you for all the lessons that we can understand from what he went through and what he experienced. We begin this day again in that mad chase. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray.
1: Amen. Well, right now what we're doing is bringing up all the uh, seniors as they're going to share with uh, us. They're going to share us, with us their name, uh, where they're graduating from, where they're going to, and if they've, had, if they've decided um what they uh what they want to major in. But first Katrin wants to do something. Good morning. Uh as you may have heard, Corey is leaving the youth ministry after a lot of years of service. Um and we just need we just wanted to let him and all of you know what an impact he has made on everybody that he is around. I mean Clearly, a bunch of high schoolers got out of bed at 10 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> but, no, Corey is an amazing person. He's such a blessing to this ministry and to everybody that's around him. And we know that wherever you're going to end up, you're going to touch people's lives just like you have here. So, Thank on you. behalf of the senior high and junior high, we'd like to give you that. Give me a hug. <clears clears> Thank <throat> you <throat> thank you. I hope this is five pounds of Reese's
0: Pieces.
1: (laughs) If it's not, I'm going to hand it back and go over to Cold Stone Creamery. So, all right. Name school you went to, school you're going to, or where you're going and what you're going to do. Okay. I'm Lucas and I'm graduating from homeschool and plan to go to CWI. And I'm trying to get into the information security class there. I'm Katie. I'm graduating from Coal Valley. I'm going to College of Idaho. And I
0: don't know what I'll be studying. I'm Derek. I'm graduating from Coal Valley. And I'm going to St. Olaf in Minnesota. And I have no idea what I'm studying.
1: I'm Colin Remley, Uh, I'm graduating from Timberline High School, and I will be studying Mechanical Engineering at Oregon State University next year. I'm Zachary Alexander, graduating from Centennial, and I'm going to go play lacrosse at Boise State. I'm Danny, I graduated from Boise High School, well, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to be going to Montana State University in Ohio, wait no, Montana. Uh, and majoring in mechanical engineering. My name is Colin Mabe. I'm graduating from Centennial High School and I'm going to go to the University of Idaho and study mechanical engineering.
0: My name is Claire. I'm graduating from Boise High and I'm going to Westminster and I'm not sure what I'm going to be studying. I'm Shereya Tabor. I graduated from homeschooling back in December, and I've been at a small Bible missionary school called Ellerslie Mission Society for the past few months, and I'm waiting on God's direction as to whether to go back or to do something else.
1: I'm Jay Schrader, and I'm graduating from Centennial High School, going to Boise State to study education.
0: I'm Ashley Herman from Centennial High School, and I'm going to be attending CWI to work on becoming an international marketer.
1: Hi, my name is Austin Porter. Um, I'm going to be graduating from Compass Honors High School, and I'm going to be going to BSU studying civil engineering. So. My name is Shannon Kasuba,
0: and I'm graduating from Compass Honors High School as well. And I'm going to BSU to study health sciences. I'm Holly Apsley. I'm graduating from Boise High
1: School. And I'm going to Yale National University of Singapore to study uh,
0: global affairs and politics. Uh, I'm Lauren. I'm graduating from Coal Valley. I'm going to U of I, and I don't know what I'm studying yet.
1: I'm Austin Summers. I'm graduating from Bora High School. I go to CWI, and college is a mystery. (laughs) I'm Kyle Boleyn, and I'm going to Boise State, graduating from Centennial. And at Boise State, I will be studying mechanical engineering. Sweet. Sweet. Give him a hand, will you? Well, I just want to let you guys know I couldn't be prouder of a group of seniors. Uh, We've uh, been together for a long time, and I've seen you grow up from little sixth graders. Uh, Get acne on your face, and your hair turned greasy, but then you turned out all right. So it's all right. But uh, let me uh, pray for you guys. Father, what what amazing young men and women these are. Uh, We know that you have plans for them, uh, not just here, uh, but throughout the state, throughout the nation, and throughout the world. May your presence, and that we know that it is, may your presence be with them always. In their good decisions and in their poor decisions, may they know that you care and love them greatly. May they experience your presence through the Holy Spirit to empower them to live the life you want them to live. And as they take the step into college and beyond, may we be blessed by just seeing them grow up in you. We have always entrusted them into your hands, and we continue to do so. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Amen.